Hey, welcome back to Tunes Tunes Podcast. I'm your host, Harold. As always, you can follow us on social media. That's Tunes Tunes Podcast, T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. We've got my favorite designer named Callie. <laughs> of all the designers named Callie, this one's my favorite. Callie S- Morris. Such an honor. Thank you so much. What an accolade. Yep. Um, well, Callie wanted to talk about this movie. Um, it was one that I never watched, not for any particular reason. I think it was just like a one of those hidden gems. Mm-hmm. Um, because my friend Josh, he is the host of Animation Station podcast, and he like loves the studio, loves all their movies. And when I told him that I'd never seen it, he was like, "What the fuck? Like that's crazy." And so I was like, "I need to check it out." Um, a girl I work with's been telling me to watch it. And so you actually had it, you had the Blu-ray and you let me borrow it. And it took me weeks to watch it. Literally had this like DVD at his house for like a month probably. Man, I'm like incredibly bad about, yeah, I'll watch that. And then I just, I think I still have Luke's, um, I think I still have Luke's John Wick DVDs that you let me borrow and I haven't watched them yet. And I got two of them to watch and I'm like, fuck, he's never getting these back. But he will. Luke, if you're listening, you're getting those back. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so Song of the Sea was like something that, like I was saying, it was like a hidden gem that I just, I don't know if I just never heard about it. It didn't have any marketing or what, but it was nominated for uh, an Academy Award, right? It was, yeah. Do you remember what year it was? It was the year that Big Hero 6 won, It right? would have been 14 or 15. 2014, I think it was, yeah. Because Song of the Sea came out in 14. Okay. So yeah, I think it was, I think that was the year that Big Hero 6 won. Um, just a standard which is a Disney yeah, fucking sweep you know? run of the mill type shit mm-hmm. um but man i was like so not surprised but like i don't know it's like you don't really know what to expect um but why don't you talk about how you like first saw it like what did you first think and how did you like how did it come to be that you watched this movie okay so i first saw this movie because I had seen a movie by the same animation studio previously. So that's how I even knew that this movie existed. Um, And I loved that other movie. It was called Secret of Kells, also by Cartoon Saloon. That's the name of the studio. And I was like, man, this is so beautiful. This art style is amazing, blah, blah, blah. Uh, And then I saw that the studio was doing a new movie. And I was, you know, really excited because I enjoyed that first one. And I saw that trailer and like, not even looking at my notes, the word I wrote down was bewitched. I was enchanted by this trailer. Like, it looks so this? beautiful. Gotcha. Just like the story and the like colors and everything just like mesmerized me. But of course it like wasn't gonna be in theaters anywhere near me. So I had to wait until it came to DVD because nobody was streaming it. And then I went to a family video and rented it. Wow, family video. Shout out to family video. Sponsor <laughs> the show. No, they don't. Yeah, no. They should, though. They should. Because they need all the help they can get. God damn. Bye, God. Well, they're out here having the movies that weren't streaming. Out cheer. Yeah. <laughs> Every family video is next door to a Papa Murphy's. Oh, my God. You're so right. It's or true. S- some sort of pizza. It's always pizza. Some pizza in the movie, baby. It's how, it's how we get down. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they maybe they have a franchise thing with Papa Murphy's. Anyway, we're getting <laughs> off topic. We are. Continue. So, um, Went to Family Video, rented this movie. Felt like I was ripe in 1999 when I did that, by the way. Uh, and, like, I have never been so amazed, I think, at just such simple animation. Because it's it's all flat, you know. It's not, like, 
anything that Disney's been doing has all been 3D and you know what I mean? Yeah, that was the surprising thing. I think we talked about that whenever it first starts because it has like a very vignetted look with the flat mm-hmm. colors and everything. And I told you, I think I remember telling you that I was worried because I thought I was going to have a vignette the whole time. And I don't know why, but I feel like that would have bothered me. Mm-hmm. But man, the style is just totally like tech is like storybook. It really is like a pop-up children's storybook come to life. So first impressions of the art style is that it was a children's storybook come to life. Everything was so gorgeous. And whenever, when anyone asks me like what my favorite animated movie is, or like at least top five, this one is always on my list because this is probably the prettiest movie I've ever seen. Um, Everything looks like hand water, watercolor painted um, or gouache. Oh my gouache. Oh my gouache. Gouache is my favorite style, not because I like how it looks, I just like how it sounds. That's right. I knew you'd like that, so I had to throw that. I love it. Throw that in there. Um, <laughs> that's called knowing thy audience. That's right, baby. So um, the backgrounds are very complicated, um, very textured, lots of color. There's so much to look at, but the then the characters in the foreground are very simple. They don't have even shadowing, you know, Yeah, that was very flat. Mm-hmm. So... Um, the juxtaposition, I think, really helps you like digest a whole busy scene without losing what's going on. And that was just, it really keeps your attention, I think, that way. Because there's so much to look at. Well, and we talked about, I, I talked to you specifically about a scene, um, which we'll talk about plot in a minute. But there's a, a part where the, oh wait, we should probably say it at the, at the top of the year before we get too much into uh, it. Yeah. I know this movie's pretty old, but we're going to talk about spoilers. I guess we'll go ahead and put a tag on here. Until recently, I hadn't seen it, so I would hate for it to be ruined for me. Anyway, so there's the spoiler tag. But there's a scene where the grandma is taking the kids into the to live with her in the city. And um, that traveling scene, there's like a map that the, the boy has drawn. And um, it kind of does like this, this cool thing where it ties both the drawn map by the kid and like the actual like storybook like looking animation together there's points where like you can see in the windshield behind the kid it looks like the countryside and then it fades into where it looks like the drawn map so instead of like being there in the car instead of looking out and seeing it being like the landscape it's like the hand-drawn map on all sides and i was like this is super cool like i've never seen as basically it was like a montage type of scene. Yeah. Um, but it kind of layered these two different like styles where it was like a simple hand-drawn map by like a kid versus that very intricate storybook looking type animation. And I was just like, man, that scene like floored me. I was like, this is crazy. It was really interesting too because it was kind of like seeing the landscape through Ben's eyes because we know he's making that map so he can get back to his dog back at home because he doesn't want to go live with his granny. And so, like, I think showing his drawing is kind of like showing his own perspective. That's and, true. Like, kind of like foreshadowing the journey ahead. Like, they're going forward, but he's already planning on going back. Right. Um, before we get, I guess, too far into the talking about the specifics on that, um, you want to maybe walk through the plot of, like, the actual flow of the story? Uh, sure. So, um, man, I don't even know where to start on that. Should There's I? so many layers on it. Yeah. Um, okay, so... I'm yeah, going to start with this. I am a giant um, fairy tale mythology nerd. 
And actually one of my favorite um, subjects in fairy tales are selkies. So if you don't know what a selkie is, it's essentially an Irish or Scottish mermaid. Only instead of being part woman, part fish, they are a usually a woman that will wear a seal skin and become a seal in the water and shed her skin and become a human on land. Now, in the old days, or like in the old fairy tales, um, if her skin was stolen by a fisherman or a lighthouse keeper, um, he could keep her for his bride. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Is that what happened? I th- Honestly, maybe. Because like in the movie, I guess it ties into the, to the plot, mm-hmm. they wear a coat, correct? Mm-hmm. It's a coat that they wear, which is essentially turns into their selkie skin. Yeah. I did not know that about like the lore. So it's like very much tied to the lore of like that, that Irish idea of like the Selkie. It is. And actually um, we'll get into it more in a bit, but like the stories they tell with um, the other fairies in, and the witches and everything, they're based on Celtic mythology, but they're not like oh, shit. specific ones. It's like homage almost. Yeah. Like, That's cool. They made them up, but they're still like based on like those uh, stories. So like the little elves and then the guy with the long beard, that's all separate stories. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it is really cool. I was just like thinking like this is such an interesting ca- cast of characters. I know. But they're just pulling from the mythology of like their actual, like their history. That's cool. Exactly. And I mean, they are like an Irish studio, so that's like their own Makes heritage. Sense. Yeah. So it's really cool. But um, so the story begins and the main character, this little boy named Ben, is painting the nursery for his soon-to-be-born baby sister with his mom. And she is very, very pregnant. Oh, yeah. Like, ready she's, to You can pop. tell she's, like, tiny, but she's pregnant type yeah. of thing. And um, she sings her son to sleep, and he's falling asleep, and he wakes up, and something is wrong. We, as adults, kind of know, okay, mom's going into labor, but the little boy's too tired, and he can't stay awake. And he realizes something's wrong, but... By the time he wakes up, his mom is gone, and all that's left is his baby sister. So Ben kind of blames his sister for his mom's disappearing. So from there, they grow up. It's like six years later. The story takes place on the little girl. Her name's Sersha, uh, Sersha's sixth birthday. And he, They picked the most Irish name they could have, I know, Sersha. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually, um, Sersha means freedom. Oh, shit. And Brona, which is the mother's name, means sorrow, which I found out in my research while I was preparing for this podcast. That's sick. Yeah. So they, like, pick their names accordingly, I guess. So that was cool. But story takes place on Sersha's sixth birthday, which also happens to be Celtic Halloween. It's the day that um, the veil is thin and the fairies are able to return home. Right, yeah. To be able to return home, they have to be called home by the Selkie, which is why this film is called The Song of the Sea. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, okay. There you go. Wow, okay, I'm like, <laughs> why were they so, like, into the helping the Selkie? I, I thought maybe they just liked the Selkies for some reason. They like them a lot because they get to go home when yeah. they hear the Selkies. Well, I mean, singing. I didn't know like that. Or I guess I didn't catch that or something. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Well, I've al- I've also seen it a few times. I think it's one of those movies that you catch more and more. Oh, right The on. more you watch it. That makes it, sense. You know? um, okay, continue. Sorry. Oh, no, you're good. So... Ben is being a big butthole, basically. He is. Ugh, that's the part. One of the parts that made me the most sad was like how much of a butt hit he was being. But it's like one of those things that you hear that a lot. Mm-hmm. That whenever the a parent dies in childbirth, then that 
especially if the kids of an age where they remember their parent mm-hmm. it's like they put a lot of the blame on that baby when it's like they were just being born dude they didn't know what they're doing exactly that like, happened in game of thrones that was a theme in game of thrones that, oh really yeah see i hadn't, did not watch a lot of game of thrones that's okay okay as long as it's okay <laughs> game of nudity <laughs> oh yeah exactly game of rape that was a lot of jesus rape in that christ show. i know i'm like fuck too much anyway off topic all right fuck that show okay so again Cersei's sixth birthday and their granny who is uh the dad's mom has come to visit for her birthday and i should mention that ever since brona the mom went missing dad is just out of commission oh he's out of sorts like that's your person man sleepwalking you know like just unaware of anything like ben tries to tattle on something that sersha did and dad's just kind of like what oh, okay like, huh? hi sersha uh-huh. i love you and then like walks off and kind of ignores ben so i mean there's resentment there too I feel like I'm just like walking through the movie scene by scene, but I am trying to like get the plot out here. Um, Granny comes to visit and the birthday party they have for Sarah is a disaster because again, Ben is being a mean big brother and just will not let let Sarah have her day. Um, And Sarah, who is mute, by the way, that's a big part of this whole thing. Yeah, she hasn't spoken. She hasn't spoken at all. She's never said her first words. she really relies on Ben. You know, she's not going to go to dad to ask about her mom. And she has no way to know anything about her mom. All she knows is that talking about mom makes everyone sad. So she goes to Ben to ask anything, actually tries to have him read her some of mom's stories. And the first story he reads, because he doesn't want to give little sister the time of day, is a scary story about a witch. Yeah, that was really mean. Mm -hmm. And like all she wants is this connection with her past and her family and her big brother. You know, and she does, are you tearing up? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I just think about it because, like, when I was watching it, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, oh, my God, they're going to set up, they're setting up this huge redemption at the end. Yep. I'm like, this is going to make me cry, and it did. but It did. But go ahead. So, right before Ben's mom passed away, she gave him this little, uh, like, a conch shell, I guess. Yeah. That's sort of like a little flute. and showed an ocarina. (laughs) And showed him how to play it. And so he really treasured this thing because it's the last thing his mom ever gave him. It's his last little piece of her. And Sarah's really curious about it and she wants to play with it. And he's like, no. Um, and then he tells her the mean story. And then we kind of see a little glimpse of him feeling bad about that. That is true. He he did, he seemed to regret that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like she went away sad and hid under a blanket. And he was just kind of like, ooh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. He's but like, He's it, like, well, it was just a story. <laughs> But does he apologize? <laughs> no, nah, he's a butthole. No, he's a butthole. It's okay. He's going to be fine later. Um, so she thinks, like any younger sibling does, well, if he's not going to let me play with it when I ask him, I'm just going to go play with it without asking. Got him. Because mm-hmm. that's how younger siblings are. Love you all. Um, so she goes and gets the conch shell, and she kind of plays it, and this sort of magic swirls around. And she and the magic like leads her up the stairs, and she finds her own seal skin. So we find out, okay, so Sersha's like her mom. She's a Selkie too. And that's like a big deal. And so I don't want to like give too much away, but this was like a really big moment. She goes to the ocean and swims with other seals and really discovers who she is. And then grandma finds her on the beach and frets and worries. Oh, she freaks out for sure. Mm-hmm. And she convinces Connor, the dad, that you know, this isn't a safe place for children. She's kind of being a busybody and trying to handle everything, control everything, because that's her way of dealing with her son's grief, you know. Um, so she spirits away the children to the city, 
and that comes back to where we were talking about the map as she's driving the children back to the oh, city. I love that scene so much. It's so cool. Just away from dad's lighthouse and out to grandma's house where their new life is going to begin. Oh, we went, uh, should have mentioned earlier that uh, something that me and Callie talked about was um, the dad, Connor, is played by Brendan Gleeson. That's oh, uh, yeah. Mad-Eye Moody. We were like, bro, that's <laughs> bro. crazy. Okay, so they move back, they move out to the city with grandma. And uh, so Ben has his grand plan because Grandma made him leave his uh, his beloved dog behind. Deputy dog. What was his name? Koo. Koo. Which is, um, if I remember right, Koo or like is like a nickname for an actual Irish like folk hero. Jeez. Uh, but I don't like don't quote me on that. But that's right. roughly what he's named after. Um, and he's like so upset that Koo has to stay behind. Um, so he's drawn this map and he's going to walk himself back home to the lighthouse to be with his dog. And what do little siblings do? Follow him. They, they done follow their older <laughs> siblings around. So they, he was trying to jailbreak by him, by his lonesome. Yeah. He was going to leave her there at granny's. And he got tagged along with. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's worth mentioning at this point that Ben does not know that Sersha is a selkie. He didn't. Oh wit- yeah. He didn't witness her like do her seal Yeah, We thing. see that as the audience. Mm-hmm. But the only thing, so to, to the family, all they know is she goes missing for a little bit, and then Grandma finds her washed up on the beach. Mm-hmm. And that's when she flips shit. Right. Oh, and then Dad wasn't home that night because that was, since it was Sersha's birthday, it was also the night that their mom, Brona, died. And so he went to a pub to kind of, like, drown his feelings, you know. That was one of the scenes that made me sad, too, because he's just like you were saying, he's just, like, sleepwalking through life. He just, like, didn't even really drink his beer. He could see that he just looked sad, and he, like, eventually pushes his beer away. And, like, he can't, exactly. you can't enjoy life anymore. You know, your person's not around. Mm-hmm. It's so sad. I'm going to start crying thinking about this movie again. And I know. So um, Ben ends up, he has this, like, leash, you know, the kind that, like, the dog can, like, walk as far away as, as you want. But if you want, you can, like, reel them back in. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Um, it's basically a baby leash. Um, with a little more freedom, but he, because Sersha, he discovered Sersha had followed him, he, like, leashes her and was like, okay, well, we're going to do, like, if you're going to come with me, I'm in charge. I'm the oldest, which, as an older sibling, I was like, oof. You can relate. I can relate. Like, mom said I'm in charge, so it's basically He's what put he a little, uh, put a little leash on, on the, uh, the EpiPen bag. <laughs> Have Corbin fall on you everywhere. Oh, leave Corbin alone. <laughs> Um, shout out to Corbin. Shout out to Corbin. Uh, but so she, he leashes his little sister and they go off on this journey and abandon Granny's house because let me tell you, Granny's house is not fun. They nah. had to go to bed at 4 p.m. Yeah, that was whack. And it was Halloween when they were like trick or treating or running around in costumes at least. Right. Um, so they're walking along and Sersha has the conch shell and she starts to play it and those little magical things start appearing and she follows them. And some fairies heard her. And because that's like their song. That's what they're supposed to listen for. And they're like, oh, the Selkies returned finally because we can assume that Brona, the mom, was the last Selkie for the last six years and they haven't been able to go home for at least that long, you know? Um, so they, the fairies, like find the Selkie. They're so excited about it and they take her and spirit her away to like their little dome that they yeah, live in. Yeah, it's like in. a little, uh, in like built into the ground type of house yeah it's like in a roundabout and there's like this little garden and within the garden there's like this little underground home where these little fairies live which just like 
when I was little that these are the things that I imagined existed. <laughs> I was like, there are fairies there. I know it for sure. That's a fairy's house for sure. For sure. Which like, I mean, you know, I'm always telling you to stay out of fairy circles and everything because you don't know what they're going to do. True. Mm-hmm. True shit. She does say that. Mm-hmm. So um, this is basically, I don't want to like just detail every little moment of the movie, but. Um, up to that point, it's. Up to that point, yeah. like, Ben doesn't really know what's going on. All he cares about really is himself and his dog, and he wants to go back home. But when they're underground with the fairies uh, is when he really discovers that she's a selkie. Right. Um, and while they're there, we're, we meet the, um, essentially the antagonist. I don't know that I like to say that because this is one of those movies where there's not really a bad guy. Yeah, That's um, so true. Yeah. Sh- yeah. Yeah. The owls. (laughs) Yes. So um, the antagonist, I say that with like parenthesis fingers, you know, um, is a witch named Maka. And she is this sort of owl creature. And she's very scary. And she has a striking resemblance to Granny. I was like, that was done on purpose. It sure was. I was like, oh, my God. This reminds me of the grandma. That's right. I think the same actress played both characters. Did she really? I think. That would make sense. That would be dope. Would be dupe. So, um, Maka the Owl Witch has these like little owl servants. And their job is to fly around and to steal your feelings. My God. So they have these little and jars. little jars, yeah. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, when they steal your feelings, you turn to stone. So that's important for later. So uh, once they're attacked by these owls in this little fairy garden, their fairy friends are turned to stone, and Ben and Sersha are on their own, and they have to get back home to find Sersha's seal skin so that she can sing her song, basically. Which I don't know if I even mentioned that at all, but the fairies explain to her that she has to sing the song to call them back home. Yeah. Well, you mentioned that earlier, that the selkies sing, and that's how they get to go home. And so this movie is basically a long journey, like homeward bound, um, of getting Sersha back home to her seal skin so that she can call the fairies home. And they learn so much about themselves and each other along the way. Like, Ben becomes self-aware, which is a big deal. Yeah. Um, becomes not a butthead. He becomes not a big butthole. Um, How old do you think it was at the very beginning of the movie? Like three or four? I was thinking four. So by the time this is happening, he's probably 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking. So that's premium, like, little boy being a butthole age. That's right, especially with a little sister. On God. Mm-hmm. Um, no, yeah, it's like the journey of it is, like, the main, the guts of the story, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was the big thing that stuck out to me that I had talked to you about was that um, just, like, the symbolism with how the feelings are taken and put into a jar and then they turn to stone. Isn't that what we do as like people, you know? Exactly. Like we bottle up our emotions and then we become hardened. Exactly. If you don't let yourself feel like you, A, don't learn any lessons. And B, you just become numb. That was just such a, I don't know. It, it, there's a lot of times when things are illustrated in a way and then it really drives the thing home. But it was just like a very cool way that I've seen that that was like illustrated. And I'm like, oh my God, like. I love that symbolism there. Like when there's a, when you can glean a deeper meaning from something. Exactly. I was just like, that's crazy, B. <laughs> okay, so um, 
I guess like what are those themes that really stuck out to you? Because that was like the big one for me was like that, you know, how often we do that just as people Mm -hmm. like, um, you know, bottling up our emotions. Yeah. And we've talked a little bit about, um, about, um, just like the redemption arc too. But what was something that, what were the things that you really like that really resonated with you after watching the movie? Well, I had a couple, I guess. Um, One is like the portrayal of grief and the themes of dealing with grief and loss and what it does to people. So um, for Ben, it made him sort of selfish and it made him angry and it made him resentful towards his little sister and it wasn't his like her fault, you know. For the dad, he became like stone. Withdrawn. Withdrawn, angry, um, just nothing. And then the granny became kind of like a busybody. You know, she was just trying to like fix everything and meddle and she just couldn't stand to see her son upset. And the way they relate this to the mythology or the lore within the movie was so like beautifully done. Yeah, it's like interwoven, like these deeper themes placed onto that lore illustrated. And like there's Mm -hmm. those deeper themes that you're talking about how they're actually taking from like their heritage and the lore and like putting that into the animation. I was like, damn, that's crazy. I know. And I like think about how this is such a, not funny, but like this is such a, this movie was made for Callie type of thing. I was like, this checks all her boxes, man. (laughs) This animation style is bananas. Never seen anything like it. Um, The themes, the mythology, the characters, the sibling thing like mm-hmm. that. I was like, man, I bet she really felt that having a sibling, especially I with did. especially with you being the older sibling. Exactly. And actually, that was one of the themes I was about to go into. Oh, perfect. So excellent segue. Good job. Uh, so on a personal note, um, so Ben goes to see the Shanaki, which is the story keeper. And this guy, first of all, is hilarious. Oh, yeah. He was awesome. He's basically Got that goldfish memory. He's like Irish cousin it. <laughs> oh yeah he was he's like so <laughs> hairy his hair is so long rapunzel could never he has this long beard and each hair is a different story and he says if it's still growing it's still going that's crazy so but uh, like harold said he has the memory of a goldfish there's the short-term memory i guess <laughs> yeah exactly um but he to remember things will like grab a hair and kind of follow it and like and it's revealed to him and that's really interesting. But um, there's one point where Ben has lost Sersha, and it's right when he finds the Shanaki, and he's asked him like for help finding his sister. So the Shanaki searches for the hair and sees that she's still alive, she's okay, and he gives Ben the hair to follow and follow follow it like basically all the way to his sister. So like as he's follow like holding the hair and following it along this like dark path, um, we we're kind of getting flashbacks. And he's able to see what he didn't understand or didn't see when the he rest was so of the story. little. Yeah. And we see that like it's not his little sister's fault. The mom found her seal skin, or at least needed her seal skin because she had to have her selkie child in the water. And then once she did that, she a wave took her and she disappeared. And then we were left with baby Sersha. And we see this scene with little like four year old Ben and his dad. And the dad has become this lump of a human, I guess. You know, he's just like slouched over. This is when we see him first become numb 
and like stone. And he's holding the sweet, happy little baby. And she reaches out to Ben all excited. And Ben just kind of glares at her like he is not having it. Like he scowls because he sees her, but not his mom. Yeah. So he's like, what the fuck? Yeah. So right then is when we see the resentment and the camera turns back over to Ben and Ben's eyes are huge, like the size of his head. Like he's crying and we see that he has this real regret and he knows that what he did was wrong, even though he was so young and like, but he understands the resentment was not justified. Right. You know? So, um, that was a real gut punch. I was like, dang, it was the, the realization, you know, cause even like just as, as people, how often do we glaze over things that we say or do? And then mm-hmm. later realize, like, oh, man, like, that was not the right thing to say or do. Exactly. Or you have, like, this regret for a way you've treated someone. But, I mean, that's where I was going a second ago. Just, like, as an older sibling, um, your younger siblings worship you. They look up to you. You are the sun, the moon, the stars to them, you know. Because, like, you're closer in their, to their age than your parents. And they think you are so cool. That is so true. Even, you know? like, I don't have siblings, but, like, my nephew thinks I'm the coolest shit. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, I don't know, man. Like, I play D&D <laughs> and I do all this nerdy stuff. I don't know. And we see it in Sersha. She follows him around. She yeah. just wants to play with him. She just wants to be with him. She wants to be where he is. And he is always so annoyed yeah. at just her existence. He's you a know? butthead. Exactly. But, like, as an older sibling myself, I mean, there have been plenty of times when I failed my little brother when he, like, needed me. And just with wisdom and like age and everything comes like understanding that anytime he was being annoying he actually just missed me right he actually just wanted attention and there are so many times where i'm like man i wish i could go back and just tell my you know butthead 13 year old yeah, self don't be a dick yeah like just be patient and kind you know so like i i do my best to like make it up to him like every day like but also we're both adults now and so that's not like a big deal anymore yeah, but that's true. it really struck the like mean big sibling chord with me where i was like oh man i was such a butthead i was just like ben well you can relate man it's yeah. just that's like the thing that sticks out to me when you know a story is good is when you can relate to it mm-hmm. when you see something like that in your own life you're like oh shit yeah i've experienced that yeah uh, so that's pretty much what like the those are the themes that i really resonated with just the themes of grief and the themes of like kind of coming into your own as an older sibling right. and being that person for your younger sibling. Man. Yeah. There's so much you could take from this for sure. Mm-hmm. One thing that you had mentioned this, um, I've only seen the movie once, but you've seen it a few times, but you just watched it recently. Was there something that resonated with you differently watching it recently? Or is there, do you find yourself picking up on stuff that maybe you didn't, you kind of mentioned that that does happen, but on this most recent viewing, was there anything like that that you're like, oh, shit, I never noticed that? Or something hits you different than it had before? Do you have any of that going on? I think the story hit me about the same upon, like, rewatch, you know? Like, all the themes were just, like, there, you know, present. But as far as, like, visuals, there are so many things I caught this time that I fully missed. When we see Granny's house the first time, it is shot for shot the Owl Witch Maka's house when Ben goes oh 
Oh my God. It's set up the same way? It's playing the same song on the radio in her house. Oh, I thought that song was familiar. Yep. So, okay, I didn't know what it was. I thought it was familiar. There you go. Okay. So Ben and Sersha, you know, they're at Granny's house. It's horrible. She's playing the world's most boring song on the world's most boring looking radio. And like, there are all these paintings and everything. And then, you know, he follows the hair from the Shanaki and finds out, okay, so Maka has stolen uh Sersha and I have to go to her hut to find her and he goes into her house and it's exactly the same that I damn okay I noticed that the grandma looked like the owl lady mm -hmm. but I didn't think about that house that's bananas I mean the paintings are the same I mean the inside's like it's set up a little bit differently like the colors are a little bit different like they're more vibrant and they're more like witchy or like bird-like I guess but I mean, the paintings are the same. The song is the same. The radio is the same. That's crazy. So that's a big deal. And then um, every single time we see dad, he is in the same position as MacLear the giant. Oh, yeah. I noticed that he's a big towering guy, too. Mm -hmm. So Oh, I my God. Okay. Okay. I just had a realization. Great. The grandma was trying to lessen the sadness of the son by taking the kids. And in the movie, the owl was trying to lessen her, the sorrow of her son, who was the mountain guy, by taking his feelings. Mm -hmm. Fuck There me. you go. There That's it is. That's some shit. I'm so proud of you. Good oh, job. my God. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So we haven't talked about it yet, but um, MacLear the giant is actually the son of Maka the owl witch. And... There is, I like wrote it down because the wording was really beautiful to me. Um, and this is actually while uh, Ben, this is part of the horror story that Ben is telling Sersha at the beginning. Right. Um, right. So basically there's this giant named MacLear. He was once a great warrior, but his heart was broken into pieces by a great tragedy. Such was his anguish that he cried a whole ocean. And so he is like sobbing, sobbing. This huge ocean has like popped up and Maka sent her owls to take his suffering away and then he turned to stone and he became like an island right and throughout the movie you see MacLear himself he's like this hunched over so like from one side he just looks like island but from the other side you see this kind of like haggard stony face you know and you're kind of wondering like is that a person over there and then you find out oh it is a it person. does look like a face like on the cliff yeah but man and the son the, the dad. The dad's name's Connor. Connor suffered a great loss mm -hmm. and then was hunched over, like in that defeated yep. type of look the whole movie. Yeah. So even That's like crazy. In the very beginning when they're painting the uh, the nursery um, and we see dad, dad is right next to the painting of MacLear. Oh, shit. I didn't realize that. And then when he's coming across on the ferry, he passes MacLear and like... When he's sitting alone at the bar, not even drinking, he's hunched over in the silhouette that looks just like MacLear, and That's like you true. see that throughout the whole. It's like a recurring movie. theme. But um, fuck, man, I never noticed that. Mm -hmm. That's good shit. Yep, so it's good just, shit, like, Callie. It's good you. shit. So you just like you take these things away and you notice them, and you're like, man, it's such good storytelling. Yes. Yeah. Man, that's good. Mm -hmm. Ugh. That just like, yeah, when you start talking about it, it just like had an epiphany. I was like, oh, shit. And the um, the grandmother, when she's kind of fretting before she takes the children away, when she's just kind of worried about 
really nothing. She's like, I have to take my medicine. And she goes off and she takes like some pills, you know, just something that grandmas do, I guess. Yep. Oh, I can see the look Fuck. on your face. Oh my God. Continue. And then they get to Maka's house and she is upset with Ben because he's not bending to her will. And she starts to get angry and she goes, oh, I need my medicine. And she grabs one of her little um, feeling sucking jars and it takes away the anger. And she said, oh, I'm so sorry for that outburst. And then she's fine again. And we notice too, that she is partly made of stone. So she's been self-medicating. My God. Mm-hmm. Damn, I did not even catch that. That's such a, sm- a subtle thing with the grandma. Mm-hmm. when she's like i need to go take my pills yeah because so, I, I remember things when you see small things like that in movies and that's so crazy that i didn't think about that because when there's small things like that in movies i'm like that's there for a reason i was like, I need to remember that yeah so dang exactly. i'm mad that i didn't catch that one well there's so many of those in this movie too oh, damn um that's why this is a really good one to like watch it enjoy it like take it in take in the breathtaking beauty of this these illustrations and everything and like kind of sit with the story and then like give it give it like a couple weeks and then go back and watch it again and you'll pick up on all of these things and you're like Shit. oh my gosh i did not even notice that and he borrowed that dvd again yep hold <laughs> on to it for another month dude that's crazy Ugh, that's so good can't believe i missed that yeah man so good well did you uh you talked about a little bit about some of the other movies um in from the same studio um do you find like that those hit in the same way it seems like it has like a very personal um tie for you but do those other ones hit in the same way to you either like visually or story-wise yeah so i mentioned at the top that the reason i even saw this movie is because i had seen a different movie by the same studio uh that movie was called secret of kells and i don't remember the exact plot of it i just remember thinking it was really pretty to watch um this was when I was like a freshman in college and I went to art school. I was like one of those like, oh, I have to be artsy now. Um, <laughs> it's expected of me. It's expected of me. Um, but also because I gen- obviously I genuinely enjoyed it, you know. Right. But um, I was like, okay, well, I want to watch cartoons. It was basically how I started this thought process. Like I want to watch cartoons, but I feel like I've seen every Disney movie 10,000 times and I'm bored. And it happened to be on Netflix. And I was like, oh, this looks interesting. You know, it didn't look like anything I had really seen before because it was like Song of the Sea and that the characters are really flat and the backgrounds are really textured and oh yeah that kind of layered look Mm -hmm. um the difference with this one though is i think they've perfected their craft over the years oh okay so you know they got better right so in secret of kills i i personally felt like it was like a little messier but like i had no frame of reference at the time and i was like oh this is cool artists like to call it unrefined unrefined i don't know that's true i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i'm telling artists what artists like to say that's funny my god that's rich yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> speak life um so wow major vocal fry just now so um so i watched this movie and i just remember thinking it was really beautiful it had ties to um celtic mythology it was about a um a little boy who was training to be a monk if i if huh. i butcher this i apologize i, I have not seen it so this is all on your shoulders all right great well i'm gonna do my best ladies <laughs> and gents um and a new monk comes to the monastery and he's a little bit more fun than the other monks because he's traveled or whatever. And he is working on the secret project that we find out later is the Book of Kells. And you need this, these special berries from the forest to be able to make this special ink that like has sort of a glowing um, effect whenever you write with it. 
And so he sends a little boy, I think his name is Brendan, out into the forest to get these berries to make this ink. And he meets a fairy, which that's why I'm saying you got to stay out of the forest, stay out of fairy circles. But um, this fairy ends up being kind. She's oh, just kind of like... A good fairy. Yeah. Well, she's kind of like like most fairies in that, you know, you do what I want and I won't bother you. But if you mess with me, I'm going to bother you a little bit, you know? Um, which is why I was saying like earlier with this, with uh, Song of the Sea, there's not really a bad guy. There's just people That's looking true. out for themselves and each yeah. other, which is how life is. You know, not everything is good versus evil. Straight the most up. human, uh, the most human thing is like self-preservation, you mm-hmm. know? So he like helps this fairy and they kind of become friends. Anyway, I'm like getting like going off on a tangent here, but, um, the, basics of the story is that the monastery is about to be invaded by vikings and they're trying to like not stop that from happening but kind of like build up the walls in the monastery but that ends up being their downfall because they're trapped oh they're freaking sitting and i was sitting ducks yeah i was not expecting this because i was like this is like a cute little animated movie and like if you look at the character design there it's very simple it seems like it's going to be like a simple children's animation but Everyone dies. Oh, shit. Uh, spoilers. <laughs> Sorry. Well, that one's even older than Song of the Sea, so come on now. The, like, the Vikings kill everybody, you know? God damn. They kill all the monks? Yeah. Fuck. Uh, Brendan and the older monk that was teaching him how to write the the Book of Kells, like, get away. And I think also... Oh, okay. So they don't die. They don't die. I was like, God. <laughs> but um, the monk that was, like his caretaker that was like so stern and serious and we're going to preserve our ways and do how we have always done. Uh, He survives too, but he thinks that Brendan died, but really he escaped with the fairy's help. If I remember right, it's been years since I've seen this movie, but the Viking attack is one of the strangest animation sequences I've ever seen. It kind of reminded me of um, Samurai Jack. Oh, wow. If that makes sense. Um, Just very flat. It's right up my alley. It was very flat, black, white, and red. Oh, okay. So, like, very, like, minimal color. Minimal color. Everything was very sharp. Whereas, like, if you were to watch Song of the Sea, everything is, like, sloping and rounded and organic. But, like, this during this attack scene with the Vikings, everything is sharp and angry. Very angular. Yeah. And so they they really use, like, shape and color to tell stories. Like, the tone of it is very purposeful, it seems like. Mm -hmm. Um, No matter the movie. Because, like, every I feel like every... um, Every scene in Song of the Sea especially is, like, painstakingly, like, created Mm -hmm. and fits with, like, whatever the tone of what they're doing at that time is. Yeah, exactly. Um, So, this movie was really good. Um, Song of the Sea is my favorite by this studio. But um, I've fully lost my train of thought. Hold on. I'll get it back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Nope, I lost it. Are you talking about the other movie? Was there another movie that they did? There is another movie, but there's something else I wanted to say about this. I'll just skip it. We'll go right to the... That's okay. Yeah. Okay. So another movie that they made a little more recently, I think it came out in 2016 or 2017. Uh, it's called The Breadwinner. And this oh, is... Oh, we were talking about this with the other day. Yeah. I was messaging you about that. So um, this movie is equally gorgeous. Um, I think it was a like a really beautiful um, next step for this animation studio. Uh, the difference with this one is that um, throughout most of the movie, the whole thing's a little bit more flat. Like, don't expect the crazy textured 
um, super colorful watercolor backgrounds in this movie that um, Song of the Sea gave you. But um, the storytelling is equally beautiful and more real. It's not like a fairy tale. This is like kind of a, it's really sad, a really sad story about a girl's life. I remember you were messaging me about it, and it sounds pretty interesting, though. Yeah. So the the gist of this one is that um, it's a little girl in Afghanistan, and her dad has been taken away by uh, soldiers, I think, and put into prison. And because they don't have any men in their family, they're not able to really leave without an escort. And so this little girl kind of disguises her. her La, 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 la. disguises herself as a boy to be able to get a job and take care of her family. Yeah, it's like big Mulan vibes. Big Mulan vibes, exactly. So that's really good. But like there are cuts in the story where the girl is telling a different story. And it's about a boy who has to do all of these things. Um, I don't know like how to describe it, but um, the style of animation changes and it looks like like paper cutouts almost. Oh. Hmm. And so anytime she's telling the story and progressing the story about this boy, um, the animation style completely changes. That's cool though. It, it is really That's cool. That's cool because it's, like it's like a frame story, mm-hmm. the story within a story. Yeah, and so you go in like almost a little bit disappointed, like where are all these like beautiful things we just saw from the same studio? This one's a little more flat. Um, the characters are equally cute and well-designed, but like where's like all the beauty and it's in like these little flash frames of the story that she's telling, which turns out to be so tragic and oh, so no. sad. Oh my gosh. It's such a beautiful movie. So like peep that. really though, like cartoon saloon is doing really big. They're doing things. some a one shit. Sounds yeah, like they yeah. really are from story to animation to lore and everything. Sounds like they're just like keeping, keeping that shit a one for sure. For sure. Man, that's awesome. Was there anything else you wanted to say about the movie at all that stuck out to you or anything? Let's see. Oh, um, so in the trailer and also at the very beginning of the movie, the first thing we hear is Brona, the mother Selkie. We hear her voice and she says, come away, O human child, to the waters and the wild with a fairy hand in hand for the world's more more full of weeping than you can understand. Jesus. I know. And this movie's so sad, bro. But like that was such beautiful, like foreshadowing to like what we were about to see. Um, The children go on this magical like adventure, finding out who they are. And then I know we said spoilers, so I'm going to go ahead and say it. At the very end of the movie, there's a chance for Saoirse to return to the fairy world and take another fairy by the hand and do that. And she chooses to stay with her family, you know. That part got me, bro. I was like, and she speaks for the first time. I cried. Oh, my gosh. I know. I cried. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, so good. Of course, any of my dogs are like, oh, are you okay? But um, <laughs> I, I thought that was, like, so well written. I was oh, like, man. man. And um, I went and looked it up, and that is an excerpt from a poem from, like, the 1800s. What? And it's about um, fairies stealing away little children, which, like, I think... I've, because I'm a giant fairy tale nerd, like I've, I think I've told you about this, but like children are foolish and they will like believe fairies whenever they offer things. Um, and like that's one of the main themes in like fairy tales is like children will be beguiled away to the water's edge or to a fairy ring or something to be taken away by. Because they're too trusting. They're too trusting, exactly. Yeah. 
they have no reason not to believe this beautiful creature would. Well, and they're kids and they're dumb. Mm-hmm. So. Because like traditional fairy tales are like pretty sinister. Well, they're like they're it's nefarious, but it's like a a life lesson for the kid. Like mm-hmm. you, if if you had listened to your parents, you wouldn't have got taken away. Or something. it's like there's a, a lesson mm-hmm. within. Yeah, exactly. Them being like scary stories at, at their core, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those kids were never seen again because they didn't listen to their parents and clean their room. It's like, Jesus, okay, yeah, well, exactly. I'll clean it. And so they got their thumb cut off because uh, <laughs> it was like, oh, God. Yep. That's so funny. No, it's great. And I love the the tie to the lore in it with, like, the just so many of the, the Irish themes throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so cool that they pull from that and, like, integrate that into the story and illustrate it so well. That's really awesome. And they take all of that and, like, make it their own, too. Because, right. like I said, like, Maka's not a real s- character. From, They're like, remix. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, um, so good. Ugh. Well, I appreciate you suggesting it. And I was like, after I watched it, I was like, man, we got to do an episode on this for sure. For sure. For sure. Uh, well, Callie, appreciate your time. Um, why don't you tell people where they could follow you on social media uh, I know I mentioned she's my favorite artist named Callie, so you should follow her art. She'll tell you where she, where you can find her. Okay, so you can find me on Dribble for those of you that have a Dribble account. Um, my account is called Lilac Callie because Lilac is an anagram of Callie, and you can follow me on Instagram at that same name too. You heard her followers. She does some awesome work. She did a uh, Jennifer's Body piece that it was awesome. So go check that out and see what she's doing over there. She does a lot of cool stuff. So. Uh, and as always, guys, you can follow us on social media. That's Tunes Tunes Podcast, T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.